That worked all right. We are live on Facebook. Uh, we are going to social medias and uh, we are going to iTunes. I uh, would also like to welcome in our guests uh, from Disrupt Ed TV as well as Voice Ed Radio Canada. Thanks for tuning in, everyone, and thanks for being part of education, leadership, and beyond. Would like to bring in today's sponsor of the show. Uh, this is today's sponsor is Rocketbook. Uh, I spoke about them last week. And the more I'm using this tool, uh, the more I am enjoying it. But Rocketbook is a reusable notebook and is also a scannable notebook that can go right to a number of your different setups, your Google Drive, your email, uh, text message. You can designate where you would like your pages to go. So, for example, I was here at Putnam Northern Westchester BOCES today and uh, – I took notes during the conference today. I met a bunch of great educators and I took notes. I am gonna designate down here where I'd like this to go and then it'll go right to my Google Drive or right to my email. And uh, this is all through Rocketbook. Rocketbook was nice enough to uh, work with Education Leadership and Beyond and they did offer a discount code. Uh, it's a one-time code, Marada 20 You can use that code and uh, uh, get these for your school, get this for your, your personal life. Uh, through Rocketbook, uh, Murata 20, and uh, this is a great tool. So check it out. Uh, it certainly helped me today, and I certainly want to thank them for sponsoring the show. So before we welcome in today's guest, today's guest is Jackie Levine. Jackie is one of the leaders here at Putnam Northern Westchester BOCES, and uh, she'll be joining us here in just a minute or two. Um, but before we get to Jackie Levine, I want to say welcome to our live listeners some of my former students are watching there. I see uh, Brittany DeLuca is watching. My good friend, Rich Billa, and certainly Kathy Ackerley from Port Jervis. Thanks for tuning in. If you have a question, a comment, you want to say something to us on the show, you have a question for Jackie uh, and I during the show, please write it up there and, and we'll try to get to it during the show. So today's concept is about conferences and going to conferences and what you can take away from them. Obviously, you can't go to a conference all the time or too much because it's going to take you away from your responsibilities. But it is a great thing, and certainly when the conferences are good, uh, that you can learn and develop and grow. And have you gone to a conference this year? Have you been part of professional development where you've been outside your building? So I just jotted down a few thoughts about that and, and the important things of it. So number one, I spoke today, and I was able to present here uh, a great workshop um, do want to give a shout out. There was a number of school districts here. Uh, Brewster, New York, Somers Central, Suffren Central, Carmel, Rockland Boses, Hendrick Hudson, Orange Ulster Boses, Nassau, 
Roosevelt Union Free and White Plains School District were all here, all from New York. Um, and it was a great, great opportunity to meet a bunch of great educators. So that's the first thing. You get to meet people. I met some tremendous educators. Um, we shared with one another. We learned from one another. I wasn't doing all the talking. They brought a lot of great concepts that I wrote down in that rocket book. And uh, I'm going to try to implement uh, when I get back to my school tomorrow. Number two, bring back something you've learned. Today, one of our major topics was the power of storytelling. And I hope those leaders will bring back storytelling to their school district and the power of storytelling and, and uh, all the good things that can come from a great story. Number three, you're out in the mix of your building, right? We're in our day-to-day -day grind, you're there every day, you're in your routine. When you get out of the routine, good things can happen. You open your mindset up, you open your RAS, your filter, right? And you can get some more into your thoughts and into your brains. Jackie's gonna talk a little bit about the brain and, and her doctorate thesis, uh, talking about that concept. Uh, number four, you get to share with like-minded people. The people all at this conference today chose the conference based on the content, right? Based a lot, around a lot of concepts in my book, Surviving and Thriving, the principle. And uh, they were here today. So there was about a dozen educators that were here with a like-mindedness to get better, a growth mindset, and uh, all here to, to get some positivity. And I hope they got that today. Um, and lastly, you never know what's going to happen. You never know who you're going to meet, uh, the networking. Um, you don't know if the tip that you're going to get, uh, the takeaways that you're going to get for the conference are going to change your life. You never know. Um, when I went and spoke to a class one time, I tell the story of the book of the principal, right? I went to a conference. I met a gentleman, uh, Dr. Rob Gilbert, and uh, he basically inspired me to write that book. and said, Andrew, you have a great story to tell. You should do it. And one thing led to another, boom, 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 and then we wrote the book. So you never know what's going to happen at a conference, and you never know uh, the people you're going to meet. So it's important to do it, right? Start looking now for your state conference for next year. Um, what the topic is, what you can learn from that conference, because you never know. And there's great people behind those conferences, the people that help set them up, the people that choose them. And that's one of those people here at Putnam Northern Westchester BOCES. I do want to thank Dr. Lynn Allen for uh, bringing me here. And I'd also like to welcome into the program, as well as thank her for making me part of the program here. Here is Jackie Levine coming back from the... Uh, Backstage there. Welcome. Yes, hi. Thank you. Come on. Trying to get in here. Going to okay. get you on that high back chair. Scoot in. <laughs> this is Jackie Levine, everyone, hi, everyone. and uh, uh, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Hello, everybody. I yeah. We have quite a few listeners already. We got some people <laughs> watching, and, and I know your community is going to tune in, and uh, um, we're going to have a great uh, conversation. So I appreciate you coming on. I know it's been a long day for you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. This is Jackie's first podcast, it is. so <laughs> we're going to break the ice here and, and get going. But she's doing great work here at uh, Putnam Northern Westchester BOCES. And uh, if you're watching from out of the New York area, this is just north of New York City. And uh, um, Jackie is in a new role here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing, tell us your title and uh, what you're doing here at, at Westchester BOCES. Sure. Well, I'm the coordinator of school leadership and marketing services for PNW BOCES, and I organize professional development for the region and beyond uh, in leadership, school building leadership, district leadership, and uh, teacher leadership as well. So um, it's quite a quite a, collect a, a collection of programs that we have to offer here at PNW BOCES to 
serve our leaders. We have everything from a doctoral program with our partners at Manhattanville College to a uh, school and district leadership program through FSLA with our partners at Bank Street. We also offer workshops such as uh, workplace harassment and uh, human resources essentials. So there are a lot of different opportunities to develop different leaders at different levels and um, in different stages of their development. Okay. And Jackie, what made you want to go into this position uh, with so many aspects about leadership? Well, um, that's a great question. I think leadership stands out to me the most I'm because I've always uh, felt pulled to leadership and to leading people. And I think um, as I started to study leadership and also started to study professional learning, I recognized that there were so many gaps in maybe what I learned or what we were learning in terms of the the theory and then the practice. So I realized we needed to connect those a little bit more. And what draws me to being a coordinator of programming for leadership is the opportunity to bring, um, you know, uh, what our districts need, what our leaders need, be responsive to them, mm -hmm. so that uh, we are able to provide exactly what they need when they need it here at Abosus. And of course, just being part of Abosus is, is fantastic. So uh, yeah. it seemed like a really good fit. And your team here was so welcoming. Uh, from the moment I got here today, the custodian who opened the door um, to all of the people that helped and they set this podcast up for us. And really an amazing team. So you, they're living that message that you're, you're, you know, you're, you're putting out there in terms of building relationships and your care of people. So. Service and innovation through partnership. That's important to us, but also a culture of excellence. That's your slogan again. Say that slogan again. <laughs> Service and innovation through partnership. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you, you lived that today. You really did. Oh, and thank I, and you. I felt that as a guest yeah. here. Um, so, Jackie, tell me how, how, start to finish, how do you bring a program in here that you say, man, this is going to be great? And then the second part, how do you know is it, is it a one shot deal or is it a continuing ed? How do you make those decisions? Well, I guess the best way to respond to that is through what our districts ask us for. Mm -hmm. And we respond to our district needs, the districts guide us in what they need for their leaders and whether or not they need it to be a continuation or a series. Um, we also take input from our consultants. So um, if a need does arise from our districts, we speak with the, uh, the, the top talent, so to speak, the top consultants, the top leaders and thought leaders in the field to say, what have you seen work elsewhere? What do you recommend? You've done your research in this area. How do you propose that we um, go forward and develop our leaders in this area they're asking for? What do you see? But we primarily let our districts guide us because that's what's important to us is their input and their needs. We're here to serve them. And, and who in the district? Is it the superintendent? Is it the principals? Is it the teachers? Or does it depend on the workshop? It depends on the workshop. We really okay. listen to all voices. We value all voices because they all matter. All levels of leadership and educators uh, matter to us. Uh, we have programs that cater to guidance counselors. And so our guidance counselor forums will help direct, you know, what the guidance counselors need. Our uh, curriculum council will help determine what kind of curriculum and content development programs our teachers need and their mm -hmm. leaders need. Um, so we really do respond to what the districts and the teachers and, and leaders in those districts ask us for. Okay. And then tell me about from start to finish, right? You decide you're going to have a program. Your, uh, one of your titles here, I know there was a lot there. You're coordinating <laughs> a lot of things, but sure. one of them is marketing. Yeah, How do you right. get the word out that it's happening? 
Well, uh, the, that really goes through a couple of channels. So, of course, there's always the, the responsiveness of the, the, to the district. So if they've asked us for something, then it's already out there that they need that. And then once, they, uh, once we have it put together, we inform them, we're working on this for you. This is what we have. What are your thoughts? Um, you know, how does this suit what you're looking for? We, we try to have their input as much as possible as we're developing it so we know it's coming to be. Then we communicate it to our forums, whether it's curriculum council or the ENL forum. Um, and we might also put flyers together and brochures, depending on the program, depending on what kind of marketing level it needs. It may be uh, an e-blast as well. So you might get emails out to the entire um, catchment area that uh, will receive, you know, the date, the time, here's the button to click to enroll. Um, and of course, we're always available to answer questions so that it helps the uh, leaders and the teachers connect with us and say, will this be right for me? Am I the right grade level? What's the audience, et cetera. So there's a, a you know, a pretty big strategy that goes into um, making sure this happens and happens well and that everyone knows it's happening. Cool. Yeah. I got to know what's going on to be part of it. And we also rely on our partners, too, if they have a following of some sort. We rely on them to let their followers and listeners know as well. Mm -hmm. Well, again, doing this program as part of the, uh, okay. what we had going on today. Mm -hmm. um, so in this role now, again, coordinating of school leadership and marketing, mm -hmm. what would you say, Jackie, are the most important components of leadership that you see in school leaders that makes that person a dynamic leader? Mm -hmm. You know, that leader of that school, that superintendent, that principal is doing great work because of these characteristics. What would you say? Um, great. Uh, that's a really good question. I would say one of the most important things a leader could do is build strong relationships and trust. When you have trust, when you can trust your leader stands beside you, supports you in everything you do, and will be there um, whether things are difficult or things are easy, that you can trust in them. I think that's very important. I think communication is very important. I think if we, um, you know, let stories get out ahead of us or let narratives grow beyond our reach, we haven't communicated well then. Um, and I think uh, thinking about the people, right? It's about people, it's about connections, it's about the human condition and recognizing that um, you need to approach everyone assuming goodwill, assuming that they are trying their best, doing their best, may have a lot of other things impacting what they're doing in the moment or how they're reacting in the moment. So it goes back to that social emotional wellness mm -hmm. and uh, recognizing how you can be a social emotionally uh, strong leader. So um, I think those are important. And I'll end this with a little quote that I heard just last week from one of my favorite principals. You're bringing Mr. quotes in already. I, I love it. Usually we end the show, but she's <laughs> Cool. One Go of for my it. favorite principals said just the other day at a forum we had here for assistant principals, he said, learn from the people you love. Mm -hmm. And there is, uh, and that just speaks so much to the relationships, but also the human nature. Like when we love people, we learn best from them. So um, I guess that would be something that sticks with me. Write that one down. That was good. <laughs> uh, and you said something in there, right? Uh, it's an important component, but you said it quick, assuming goodwill, right? right. You're assuming people have good intentions. You're assuming that people are doing the best for kids. Mm -hmm. You know, it's that country song, uh, Brad Paisley, I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. You know, most people are good, right? And if you have that, you're going to see the good of people. You're going to see so. the good things you're doing. Thank you. Yeah. That was a great answer. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jackie, in, in addition to being new to this uh, position, mm -hmm. you're also growing in your own leadership. Uh, you are going for your doctorate. I 
Yeah. So tell me about that journey. Tell me where you're at. And oh, of course, what a journey it is. And of course, you know, everyone wants to know what's the dissertation, right? So oh, sure. share that with us. Sure. So uh, I'm pretty passionate about learning about executive function, but I take uh, the lens of looking at the teachers and executive function um, because research shows that stress and other pressures impact our executive function in the classroom. I'm Jackie, be specific. What executive function? That sounds like a fancy term. What does it specifically mean? Time management, organization, um, shifting mostly, flexible shifting, um, and decision making. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that flexibility to say, oh, that student might not have picked that up. How can I rephrase that question I just asked? And, you know, uh, those pieces are happening so rapidly in our brains. Um, when you think about driving in a car, your executive functions are firing automatically right away and all the things that you need to be thinking about and doing while you're driving a car, but we don't necessarily recognize that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, these happen also in the classroom while the teacher is trying to instruct. And, um, you know, our executive functions don't always function well when they're under duress, when they're under stress or there's other factors um, impacting the ability for your executive functions to to fire at their best you know top uh pace and um i think we need to recognize that teaching is complex work and to operate at that high level of complexity you need things to be more automatic such as routines in the classroom and responses and decision making so um until we recognize that i think that we might not be supporting our teachers in the best way and again it goes back to that human condition it goes back to recognizing how people are um, and that there is uh, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and safety and security is down here while self-actualization where we need to be operating as good teachers mm -hmm. is up here. So if anything is happening either at home or even in the workplace that is compromising safety and security in any way, we may not be reaching that self-actualization piece and being highly reflective teachers who are thinking about all the different needs in our classroom at any given moment and operating so what are you finding? What are you, you know, you're finding I haven't out. done my study yet. Okay. I haven't done my research yet. I'm doing my literature review right now. What I have found is there is not a lot of study being done in adults. It's adults with impairments. It's adults with ADHD. It's not just in general uh, executive functions in adults. Yeah. And uh, the development of the prefrontal cortex, like only now we're finding some research where uh, your prefrontal cortex, where those functions live, may not be developed into your mid to late 20s or even for some people in your 30s. So what does that mean for our newer teachers coming into the profession, in, you know, straight out of graduate school at 22, 23? What does that mean for them? Are they operating, are they able to operate at that sure. level yet? A lot of growth, a lot of opportunity for growth. And it goes back to the assumptions as well. So we don't, we want to assume goodwill, but we don't want to make too many assumptions. Like a new teacher comes in and knows exactly how to teach reading when reading is such a specific science. So if we're not setting those clarified expectations and non-negotiables up front, and this is how we do it here in our school, are we um, maybe not setting them up for success? You know, and you shared a, a really special story off air about, about your dad. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he had, had brain cancer. Um, but this helped trigger this, this study, it right? So if you want to share that, I don't want to upset science. you. No, it's okay. okay. Uh, he did. He passed away in 2011 from uh, glioblastoma multiform, which uh, was what John McCain had, but he passed away. Okay. So, um, and I think Joe Biden's son as well. So, um, you know, it's actually, uh, I didn't realize how popular, I guess, or how, you know, how much it was happening around the, the country, um, this type of brain cancer. And, uh, 
when it first came about, my father and his diagnosed, of course, I did a lot of research, both on different neurosurgeons that would maybe be able to help him, but also the brain and its functions to see if there was anything that I could do in any way. We were going to stop this thing. We were going to beat it. Uh, the short story is we didn't beat it, but in that study, I also studied, um, you know, how the brain operates and, you know, also the executive functions as well, because I noticed what was happening to him along the way. And um, when he finally did pass, I had some time after our grieving process to kind of look back and think of, you know, my teaching. And um, it was really just uh, looking at the, the year that came after I was teaching fourth grade at the time. And the year that came after was a really great year for me. And I had really been on fire in my teaching. And I thought back to the year before and I thought, you know, what's different? Why do I feel better right now? Why am I teaching better right now? And it was because that year was a year I was dealing with my father's illness at home. And I thought about myself the year before that year and then this current year that I was teaching in. And I said, wow, those, those students didn't get the best of me that year. And then I said, wow, what does that say? about our families, our, our, our teachers who are going home to maybe not the best home environment, maybe they're taking care of us, a parent, maybe they're, they have um, you know, a, a lot going on, financial troubles, whatever it may be, at home that they bring to the classroom or what they don't bring to the classroom because of what's going on at home. And that's what really started me thinking about what's going on in both you know, your social emotional wellness, but also in the brain to prohibit us from being at our best yeah. at all times. That's a beautiful story, you know, sharing about your dad and, you know, finishing that doctorate, you know, in a way can well, be a tribute yeah. to, to your dad. Yeah. 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 When people call you doctor, you're okay. thinking, that, yeah. Well, I wish you good luck in that. Thank and you. You've inspired me and that, yeah, it's about time that I start thinking about that. You get your doctorate, you want some advice here. You have a program right here. Right here. Yeah. So you mentioned that you taught fourth grade and um, my kids right now are in sixth, fourth, and second. So I have a fourth grader, my man Matthew Murad. If you're watching at home, make sure you do your homework. Um, and it's great, right? They're a great age. They're learning. Oh, they're curious. They're energetic. Great reading and books to get into with them and writing pieces that they mm -hmm. deliver. It's just really fantastic. So what have you learned from going from that level to now working with adult learners, right? Mm -hmm. It's a different mindset. It's a different ball game. Mm -hmm. What are the differences that you're seeing in adult learners versus when you taught fourth grade? Well, that's, you know, uh, outside of the obvious, I think one thing that we neglect to do sometimes is really just kind of respect the room, right? Respect the expertise and the wisdom that is coming into that room. There are people with many years of experience. There are people with maybe limited teaching experience, but other outside experiences they bring to the table. So um, you have that. But you also have these, these individuals with very, um, very busy lives and a lot going on at home where the student, you know, they kind of come to you and they're, they're a student, that is their role, that is their job. They may have other issues going on at home that you could um, tease out as a teacher and address hopefully, but um, you know, hopefully not if we're just speaking with the general students are coming in and they're, you know, they're uh, in, in a different place. Um, but you know, you may have adults leaving the room because they have, especially if it's a principal or someone, they're leaving the room because they have to answer a call or handle a difficult conversation. So there's a different approach you might take um, in terms of that and in setting your norms from the get-go mm -hmm. what you're expecting about devices that about, um, you know, the ability to kind of go in, come and go as you please and not feel like, uh, you know, it'll be looked down upon. Um, 
if they're taking care of their personal business or professional business. Yeah. Um, but I think they're the same as students in a lot of ways. I know I am as a student. I know I don't want to sit in a chair for four straight hours where someone talks at me. I want to do work. I want to work towards something that's going to mean something in the end. I want to have a deliverable by the end. Um, I came there because I wanted to learn something different. So if I'm hearing something I kind of already knew, and uh, the person didn't make any attempt to see what the room knew. I think yeah. that's, you know, we need to think about that as well. Um, the prior knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Always have to access prior knowledge. Um, and you do that with students as well. Um, I, I think there's a, there are a lot of things that are similar about teaching adults as teaching students. Um, movement is important, getting them up and moving, making sure. I think they might have longer attention spans as they're older, but I don't think. Um, having people sit for a straight hour, not turning and talking, and not working on something together. I don't think that that um, is really terribly useful. It, it probably, if anything, they're zoned out and on their phone or on their laptop handling the business of the day. Mm -hmm. um, to, to really keep their attention, you have to really be sharing something with them that's new and different or something that they have to answer for in some way. You know, sure. they have a, a, a group project or a turn and talk or something along those lines, something engaging. You know, we had a great group uh, in there today. I mentioned the school districts that were here. Uh, they were really in tune. They did a great job. One of the components that I've been adding is the opportunity for self-reflection, mm -hmm. right? Adults are processing. They're checking in with their kids at home. They got this, they got that. Mm -hmm. But when they get, you give them a task or a topic and you give them some time to reflect, you know, whether they're writing it down in a book, they're mm -hmm. typing it, uh, I think that's an important component as well. It is. It yeah. definitely is. I think reflection should be part of everything we do um, in some way. Yeah. So. I also wanted to tell you, uh, again, from start to finish, I walked in, the gentleman let me in, the room was already set up. Your screen there, it was kind of like, I felt like in in a Marriott or Hilton. <laughs> it had the welcome screen and then all of the activities that were happening right. today right. with the locations. Right. It was really well organized. Tell me about getting all of the team members on board with, okay, here's the plan for the day and all of their roles, you know, and tasks that go into that. Well, I mean, I guess the best I can do is point to our culture, our culture of collaboration, and uh, we have a we can do that culture, and it's that positive attitude about, um, you know, what doing whatever it takes to make sure we support each other, support the folks coming into our building, and um, I also think part of it is making OCs like a second home to our districts and our leaders and our participants and our consultants. I think uh, this has to be a place where you feel comfortable, where you can um, know everything will be taken care of and just be here to do what you came to do, whether it's to learn or to lead. Mm -hmm. And uh, so knowing that everything was in place for you so that you could just come in and prepare for your workshop and not have to wonder who's bringing coffee, is coffee available? Um, the you know, coffee was <laughs> we work really hard on making sure we have good, good coffee. coffee. <laughs> Gotta get good coffee, it's in the book. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, that's important to us. It's making sure everyone has what they need in order to do their best work and and come here for what they need to do. And whether it's taking, you know, not worrying about whether or not you can log into the Wi-Fi, you know, we don't have a password. You just kind of jump on PNW Guest and it's there. And I think um, I think everyone buys into that culture. I think, and, and that comes from strong leadership and constant communication from our leadership about our mission, vision, and core values. And um, staying true to those core values always about making sure we have a culture of excellence and everyone's striving for that together. Yeah. I think that's how we get our team to all be on the same page about what 
running a great workshop looks like or what holding a good meeting looks like, um, you know, both the people running the meeting and the people organizing the logistics to make that meeting happen. Very cool. Yeah, well said. Jack, I, you know, I did some research for the show to get ready today, and I learned a, a little bit about you. You know, you know your husband's a fellow principal, just yeah. starting out this yes, first yes. year, yeah. as well. He's getting his doctorate, so they're going to be a family of doctors. <laughs> but I also learned you have a strong love for dogs. I do. They're a major part of your they life. Are. Tell me, tell me about that. How many dogs oh do you have, gosh. and where does that come oh. from? Because I'm a dog lover as well. I mean, yeah. I think once you love dogs, you love dogs forever. Mm -hmm. I grew up with dogs always, um, but I have four. Wow. <laughs> four little ones. <laughs> They're little. I think my husband jokes that all together they equal one dog. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he, he's always a little embarrassed that he has four little things running around and put like one big German Shepherd. Mm -hmm. um, I like it because, you know, I can pick them up and I can carry them places. Um, but yeah, it, it really just started that I found this breed I loved, this Japanese chin. And um, if you've ever seen it, it's like a Lhasa Apso with a little pushed-in face, long hair, and they're just like regal-looking, beautiful. But as puppies, they're like little gremlins. Remember the mongwai? I didn't want to offend you. Like, no, no, you look like a gremlin. It does. It looks exactly like a gremlin as a puppy. I thought you might say, you called my dog a gremlin. <laughs> no, they, look, if you look up the mogwai, yeah, his oh, name, I, if you look it up, uh, Gizmo, when he was like before, you know, all those. The the microwave. Ones, right, yeah. <laughs> right before the microwave. Um, but yeah, so uh, they look like that as puppies. And so I had to have one, right? So I, I got my Japanese chin. And, you know, my husband, that was my his first gift to me. We were only dating three months. And his mother said, Ooh, that's heavy. are you crazy? That's heavy. <laughs> You're buying her a dog at three. So so that was uh, that was his very first gift. So that was our first puppy we raised together. And then um, when he finally uh, bought his own place and the puppy moved in, or the dog now moved in, he was all by himself. We were both working all day. And he said, you know, he really needs a friend. He can't be alone all day. He needs a friend. So we got a friend. We got another Japanese chin in different colors. And they just, they were buddies. And then um, when we were about to get married, I said, no. I don't want any jewelry as my wedding gift. If you could, I would like a puppy. And he said, no. <laughs> and I said, okay, fine. That's all right. Anyway, so the wedding came and went. And he didn't walk down the aisle with a puppy. That was my dream. That was All I wanted was for him to walk down the aisle with a puppy. And he said, no. So I said, okay. So anyway, a week later, <laughs> I convinced him to go to a puppy store. And um, we had seen a puppy there because I like to go to puppy stores and pet the puppies. And, you know, she likes the puppies. I, do. I really love puppies so much. Anyway, so um, we had gone about a week before the wedding, and we had seen this adorable little puppy with its folded little ears and little white socks and big snout. He was adorable. We didn't know what he was. He was just this. He was a designer breed gone wrong, actually. They tried to do a designer breed, and it didn't take off. So well, it was like a TJ, TJ Maxx brand. <laughs> Marshall. Pretty much that poor little thing. But anyway, so when we, when we went back, I convinced him to go back the week after the wedding. And we asked, oh, you, did you sell that dog? You know, he's not here. And they said, oh, no, he's in the back. And my husband said, that's it. We're taking him because, you know, it happens once they go in the back there. So um, we, we rescued him. Oh. We consider it a rescue. So we rescued him. And then um, when our very first dog passed away, I thought, that's it. I can't, I can't get another puppy that again i won't go through that again it was heartbreaking and then a friend sent me on facebook a picture of a little japanese chin puppy that looked just like my other puppy <laughs> the, the very first one who was named monster by the way that's a whole other story but um looked like monster and his name was jack so 
I'm Jackie. Here's this little Japanese chin, which they're never, they're never up for adoption. This is like a, like almost like a designer breed. They're never up for adoption. So here's this little dog that had no home that looked exactly like my dog that had passed. And he said, honey, we have to. And I threatened him too. I said, you better, because they were going to come visit the house. Notice the word she's using. It went from convincing to now threatening him. I did. Mr. I did. Levine. I wanted him to know that if he did not, um, you know, make the adoptee the adoption place feel like he really wanted this puppy that you know i would be very upset with him so i said he's going to come visit we're going for a visit he's going to meet the other dogs and better be on your best behavior <laughs> better be on your best behavior so uh so then jack joined our family so now uh -huh. we, we were back to three and the fourth just happened this past september we were leaving brunch and we for some reason stopped at a shelter uh, that was him it was all his idea he said let's stop at a shelter and uh, we did, and there was this little Pomeranian that nobody wanted for six months. He was terrified <laughs> of people. And the only people he could go to were people who had dogs because he was afraid of humans. You know, some shelter dogs can't be in a house with other dogs. This dog couldn't be in a house alone with just people. He needed a pack. So when my husband heard that story and noticed he had not been um, adopted for several months, we took him home, so now we have and Donovan. Then, and then there were four. <laughs> and now there are four, and I said, that's four. it. We're not doing this anymore. We're done. Well, we better get moving here because I'm sure you have to get home to uh, walk the dogs here. Wow. He's on dog duty tonight, but yes, that's, uh, that, that is, is a, always a, some, a give and take of ours. We have to, you know, say who's going home to the dogs tonight. That's some, that's some story. <laughs> you know, they, we say in the most respectful way, right? But so, you know, kids. Sometimes we say it could be like dogs, right? Yeah. Not again in a respectful way, but they could sense love, they could sense genuine genuineness, mm -hmm. right? Authenticness, and uh, they could sniff you right out if oh, something's yeah. not right. Sure. And, and so I love dogs as well. Oh, and uh, yeah. you know, yeah. my man Jared Camo is called yeah. my partner. Um, all right, well let's get to the rapid fire because I know it's been a long day for you, and uh, you get home to the, those loved ones. Um, so these are quick questions, right? Okay. Quick answers, right. and uh, uh, let's get to it. Right. All right. Last book you read? Dissertation Journey. I have to for homework. <laughs> She's doing her homework. <laughs> Dissertation Journey. Uh, last movie you saw? Oh, oh my! Uh, it was a movie on Netflix, The Mirage. Good. It was great. It was. Uh, it has subtitles though. Oh. It's in Spanish, so but it was great. You couldn't really see it. It was a mirage. <laughs> Favorite place to travel. Um, hands down, Miami. I went to school there, and I, like, I, I did. Oh, I'm a hurricane. Oh uh, yeah, you got the U. Yeah, the, 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 the U chain. So you got the I don't quite have the chain, but I, I've got the U. Would they do something good here, Putnam right, Northern Westchester? We like, should. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I like it. I like it. The U. Uh, what did you study there? Uh, theater arts is a minor in psychology. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, your greatest challenge here at work? Time management. I always say yes to things. When invites pop and up on the phone, I just kind of say, and yes. <laughs> so I always say yes to dogs. That's how you wound up on the podcast, <laughs> right? right. 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 <laughs> Something that motivates you is? Love. Uh, a pet peeve of yours? Um, hmm. If I cook and the other person doesn't clean the dishes. I love to cook, but I'm not a good cleaner. So I need someone to take on the cleaning of the dishes. 
luckily we have that partnership. I agree with that. <laughs> Got to set those expectations. That's right. That's right. The executive functions in the kitchen. That's yeah. I could just have a whole next research project. That's right. <laughs> Best purchase under a hundred dollars that has had a great impact on your life. I, I'd have to say Jack. My, okay, I mean, he wasn't a purchase. You have to give an adoption mm -hmm. fee, but I would say him. Yeah. Number three. Yeah, dog number. Three. Well, technically four, but Five, in the yeah, order, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's three now. He's moved up. He's right. He's up. He's up. Three most important qualities of a good presenter. You see all kinds of people here. Three? Yeah, what are the three most important qualities of a good presenter? Humor, expertise, and um, I'm going to call it timeliness, time management, knowing just the right amount of time to give for uh, turn and talks, just the amount of time to give for working on a project, just the mm -hmm. amount of time to give before you start, and just the amount of time to give to do an evaluation at the end just really knowing the flow of the day. So your expertise, your humor, that keeps people engaged and gives people uh, information they need. And then- That's big, the timeliness know, is big. Structuring your day well is, is good. I agree with that. Something about Putnam Northern Westchester BOCES that people do not know about. I hope I do a really good job of marketing so that people know everything about Putnam Northern <laughs> BOCES. Um, well, here's your chance. I mean, our culinary program is top-notch. We have some fantastic culinary students out there, and they really produce really great um, items for holidays and for, uh, you know, just in general. I know we always um, have the opportunity to sample things here, but they are really, I mean, we have the, um, uh, the Educated Palette, which is like one of their kind of um, mm. classroom slash restaurants that they put together so they work at Tilly Foster Farm it's just it's a really great uh, program I think culinary program shout out favorite downtime or away from school activity uh, hmm, that's a good question I'm going to say spin class but I have not found a good spin class since I've moved so I have to look for a new spin class. Just put it out there spin class Short-term personal goal, three to five months. Three to five months to uh, to propose my um, my dissertation to defend my proposal. Okay. Long-term personal goal, three to five years. Uh, complete my dissertation. <laughs> Is it? I mean, it takes an hour. Uh, you know, it could. I could reasonably see myself finishing by the end of summer next year. So that's. Potential, but yeah. um, it could take another year or two. Um, so I'm giving myself a nice. And who, direct, who directs that? Is that traffic all you? Is the program say you need to have X done by this date, or is it all on you? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. I think um, there's a lot of your own work ethic and uh, time management in there, and you know, building in structures and routines to make sure you're working on it regularly. Um, but I also think you know a good program will make sure that you have the components you need before they send you out to the world to start writing and working on your dissertation. So they'll make sure you've done a dissertation critique. They'll make sure that you've studied both quantitative and qualitative research methodologies. They'll make sure that you have a good solid foundation in um, in research and how to do research and what a literature review looks like mm. before they start writing one. So I think the program itself should build in time to uh, provide for that, but then it is on you to make sure you're actually doing the writing. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, 
he said something and it just it, it came in and went right out. I don't know if you guys said something. Um, well, Jackie, we're going to wrap up here. Okay. Um, how can people get in touch with you? How can people learn more about you know Putnam North and Westchester Bosies? How can they get in touch? With you? Uh, Jay Levine at pnwbosies.org is my email address, and I'm also on Twitter at Jackie Levine PNW. So I'd love to hear from you and get some tweets. I need to get some followers, so I'm really trying to build that up a bit. <laughs> it's not the followers, it's the content, and you guys are doing great work here, <laughs> so you. you don't worry about the followers, it's the content. Um, you know, Jackie, we, you know, it was a beautiful quote you mentioned before. Um, but I you can't also mentioned it is Mr. D, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you also uh, mentioned a favorite poem that you have. You want to share with that one? Yes, uh, it is the poem "If" by Rudyard Kipling. Um, if you can dream, but not make dreams your master. Um, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubts. I think there's a lot in leadership in that poem, yeah. um, reflecting on yourself and keeping your head about you when all around you are losing theirs and blaming it on you. Um, there's a lot to learn about leadership from that poem. There so. absolutely is, and uh, I like that. Um, you know, my book recommendation, we're going to go back to the, today's sponsor here. I want to check that. My husband this loves Rocketbook. Yeah. Way. Does he use it? a big fan. Yeah. <laughs> and they help organize all it the things really he's got does. going yeah, on. Yeah, I watch him kind of do this. Writes his notes and then he washes it off. Yeah, you know, goes about his day. Yep. So there it is, right? Rocket <laughs> book. And um, so these are the notes. I mean, look at all what Jackie shared today, right? This is a, a great thing here. I'm going to take this uh, iPhone and scan it, and uh, it's going to go right to my drive. I'll share it with Jackie. Okay. But these are all the things I learned today, and it's not going to go up in a crumpled piece of paper. So um, again, Rocket Book did give a discount code if you are interested. Marada20, you'll get a 20% uh, discount off. Uh, from our friends at Rocket Book, that's on their website. All right, uh, Jackie, I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to give a shout out. Uh, continue to go out and do great work in your schools. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, if you do like the show, leave us a positive review on iTunes and or like us on Facebook. Um, we need some more questions here. Our friends here, we didn't get any questions. Um, at Andrew Murata 21 is my Twitter. And Jackie, your, your Twitter again? Jackie Levine PNW. All right, we're going to sign off. Let's get this okay. music queued up. Here we go. All right, we're signing off, everyone. Until next time, continue to go do great things in your school. And thanks for tuning in. You did a good job. Yeah, good perspective. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone.